listening to a special edition of Cut for Time this week. Because Pastor Jeff and Joey sat down and kind of did an extended Cut for Time during this past Sunday's sermon, we are going to use this time to sit down with our special guest, Jen Dirksen, and she's going to be talking to us about how to be a non-anxious presence in this weird time that we're currently living in. Before I move on, uh, Pastor Joey, why don't you tell us how does this fit in with what we're going to be doing at Faith? Yeah, so because of uh, the time we're living in right now, we are going to pause in our series in Lamentations and start a new, hopefully brief series just called Interrupted. We're going to be looking at different incidences in Jesus's life where he was interrupted. And how did those interruptions open the door to broader ministry than uh, than was immediately at that moment. How did Jesus himself deal with interruptions and what did he do uh, when life got crazy? We're going to start out this Sunday by looking at the story of Martha and Mary. Uh, everybody knows about, you know, one of them's working and the other one's sitting at Jesus's feet and one gets really anxious. And Jesus says, you are anxious and troubled about a lot of things, but there's really only one thing that matters right now. So we're going to look at that story and uh, learn from it how we focus on the one thing that matters in the first few weeks of this coronavirus, quarantine, coronacation, whatever we're calling it. That's why I'm super excited to sit down with Jen today and uh, glean from her wisdom on being a non-anxious presence. Yeah. So Jen, um, Jen Dirksen is a teacher, a spiritual director, a, an event speaker, and a mother of four. She attends Faith Church with her family. And Jen, we're so excited to have you on our podcast show today. Yeah, this should be fun. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, you guys, when I think about Jen, I, just any conversation I have with her and whenever um, I have time to talk and learn from her. I leave a conversation with Jen feeling refreshed and just feeling like she is um, this idea of a non-anxious presence. And so I think we have a lot to learn from her. I know we do. And um, I'm excited to get started. So to uh, just give you an idea of the direction of today's podcast, mm -hmm. I have three questions to ask Jen. And Joey, you can uh, jump in at any time you want to, but really, um, we're going to hear from Jen to share a few ideas of how we in our hearts and our souls um, can live in a non-anxious way, how that overflows to loving others well, and then finally, talking about uh, this situation with our children. So first, Jen, how are we able to be present and still be aware of what's going on in our world right mm -hmm. now without getting overly anxious or fearful. Yeah, well, first of all, Clary, you painted me like this super calm and non-anxious person, <laughs> which is maybe not true all the time. I think that's true of all of us. We all experience anxiety from time to time. And um, so I am on a journey of learning to be a non-anxious person, just like all of us are. Um, as I've thought about that in this season uh, where there is so much change all the time and um, how, do we, how do we respond to that? How do we handle that? And one of the things that I've been thinking about, um, and some of this comes from just my study in the Enneagram, which um, is kind of a personality typing system, but is really learning to be a whole person and thinking about your your head or your mind, 
in your heart, in your body, which is really what God calls us to do in loving him with our whole self. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the things I've thought a lot about is balancing those. Um, A lot of times anxiety comes when I get stuck in one or the other and Mm -hmm. that balancing our head and our heart and our body can help us to keep that in check. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't know about anybody else, but I know just the amount of information coming at us and change and readapting is making me super tired. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that's really a normal thing. So recognizing our own weariness and giving our bodies plenty of time to rest, I think is a really useful um, practice for um, kind of fighting that anxiety and fear, along with making sure that we're moving all the time and getting outside. I mean, it's beautiful out now. Just a walk outside can sometimes cut through some of that fear and anxiety. When you see God's creation, it's still the world that he made. There are still trees. There is still grass growing. You know, rain is coming down today just like it always has throughout time. So we can allow that experience in nature to help our bodies find rest and um, and also energy. I think, oh, go ahead. No, 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 it's okay. Continue on then. I'll jump in. I have a follow-up question. Sure. And I was thinking about like with our heads, it's easy to get overwhelmed with too much information and think this is all that I need to think about, but life is still going on and it still will go on no matter what happens. So there are other things to be productively thinking about too. Mm-hmm. Um, we, can, we can use extra time to say, what else can I be learning or thinking about or putting my mind to, and especially not neglecting our time in scripture. And in the word and using our minds to reflect on that and go back to the truths that we know. Um, And then, you know, navigating our emotions in a healthy way is really important. Of course, we're all feeling emotions. And we need to take time to ask ourselves, what am I feeling? And and what's behind those feelings? Oftentimes, surface feelings aren't really what we're dealing with. There's stuff underneath. So giving our space with ourselves space with friends or and with the Lord to kind of unpack those emotions can be really, really helpful and necessary. And making sure that we're asking other people too, like how are your emotions doing? What's going on with you? Mm-hmm. So I think keeping that balance holistically is really important. Mm-hmm. So Jen, one of the things, the first things you mentioned was rest. And I think that we have a lot of different ideas of what rest really is. Um, whether it's um, binging Netflix or um, sleeping, you know, can you give us an idea of when you say rest, what is, what are you thinking about when you say rest? Because you also mentioned time in the word, you mentioned prayer. And so um, what does a restorative rest Mm -hmm. in this time, what's important for us to prioritize? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think we're all going to approach that a little bit differently, but I do think first of all, it's just making sure that if we have the space to be able to get enough sleep, that's really important. I was talking to Daniel yesterday, and he was saying, you know, missionaries who go to the field for the first year oftentimes find that they need a whole lot more rest because they're processing so much information. So, you know, I think sleep is really kind of the first thing, making sure that you get enough sleep. I know for some people, maybe they're in a situation where their life is kind of ramping up if they're in the medical field and rest is not an option for them. But you know, if actual sleep is an option for you, then make sure you're getting enough sleep and not just binging shows on Netflix because you can't, you don't have anything else to do. But I think rest can also be making sure that you have time with 
people and regular time with the Lord where you're not flooding your mind with all the anxiety-inducing news information that you can possibly manage. Um, so rest can also be making sure that you are, you know, eating healthy. And I mean, all those things seem kind of obvious, but it's easy to forget those things as important. Mm -hmm. um, I think we all, we can ask ourselves, what, what do I find to be productive rest for me? And I, if I'm really honest with myself, I know what that is, you know, and I know what that's not. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, making sure that you're putting those practices into place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, productive rest seems like um, two words that sometimes don't fit together, you know, how it's like an, the opposites. But um, something that we talked about, Jen, when we were preparing for this podcast is um, just sitting in quiet. You mentioned, do you want to talk more mm -hmm. about that as a practice, a specific way we can calm our hearts and our minds? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Actually, this came up for me this morning. I was um, reading through just the mass amount of emails I'm getting from my kids' teachers today and trying to take it all in. And I just found myself like really physically starting to feel anxious and really emotional. So um, I took 10 minutes and I went and I, I did what's called a, some people call it a daily sit. It's, you know, taking some time out to sit still in God's presence, um, to not try to accomplish anything. Um, to not try to tell God what I need him to do, mm -hmm. but allow myself just to sit with him. I, the way I approach it is um, setting a timer. You can find apps too that help you do that where I, I, I don't have to think about how long this has been. Mm -hmm. So I set a timer, five, 10, 20 minutes, whatever you think is uh, hand, you can handle. And I just start by like acknowledging that God is with me that he is currently loving me right now. So you're starting in a place of knowing that God loves you. And then I allow myself to notice my breathing, notice any tension in my body, and try to just release that to the Lord and, and just entrust myself into his hands. Mm -hmm. um, then, of course, as you're sitting there in quiet, your mind is going to wander. This is true for everyone, and that is part of the practice of it is learning to turn your mind back to the Lord. So some people find um, a word or a specific phrase to come back to that draws your attention back to who God is. Uh, you know, I often, for me, it's saying, yes, Lord, which is an acknowledgement of who he is and that he's in control. Some people just come back to the name of Jesus or um, for some people having a, even a picture in their mind of sitting in God's presence um, I know for me, a lot of times those thoughts that come to my mind, however long it takes me before I realize that my thoughts have wandered off, when I recognize that, I just bring them back. And a visual picture that I often get is like I have this big backpack of all this stuff that's going around in my mind, and worries or things I'm thinking about I need to do. And as I sit there in silence, I just take them out of my backpack and I place them it's like I picture Jesus standing there with a basket in his hands and I just take him out and I put him in his basket. And, you know, maybe that's all I'm doing the whole five, 10, 20 minutes is just taking out all this junk I'm carrying around and putting it in his hands. Mm -hmm. um, it's not a prayer to him necessarily like, here's this thing and here's how you need to fix it. It's a surrendering of 
what my worries are. It's like casting your cares on the Lord. It's a surrendering of all the things that I think need to happen and saying, I don't know what's right, Lord, but I know I can sit here with you and I can trust you to be in control. Mm -hmm. So I just allow myself to sit for that amount of time. And then when the timer is done, I just take a couple of deep breaths and um, kind of go from there, just knowing that I've been with God and I'm trusting him to be in control of whatever is going on that day. Thanks so much for that imagery. Um, I'm looking forward to trying that. Um, so Jen, we have this additional time. We've been given some time back in our schedules um, because of cancellations or whatever. And instead of seeing that as a huge inconvenience, um, we can see it as being having a gift of time. And so using that time to intentionally or productively rest, like first, like you mentioned, um, we also have the opportunity to then serve others well. And if we are able to not become overwhelmed or anxious, then we can be a non-anxious presence to others. Mm -hmm. So how do you recommend we reach out, serve, and love our neighbors at this time? Yeah, some of the things that came to mind for me as I've been thinking over the last few weeks is just starting with connecting with people, making the effort to reach out with um, emails or text, or even more, even better, a call or a FaceTime. Mm -hmm. um, because we do have time to be able to do that. Um, <clears throat> last night I was out in my backyard and I saw my neighbor that I haven't seen for a few weeks. And so making the effort to, to chat with a neighbor and listen to what, you know, find out what's going on with you and how are you doing and what is your plan for these next weeks. Um, I think also keeping in touch with people can be writing letters um, and uh, sending a note in the mail. Who doesn't like that? You know, and in this time when we have a little space, you can send a note, a note to somebody. I, I think especially if people who are in nursing homes. Uh, my dad lives in, in a, a memory care assisted living facility and they're closed, no visitors. Mm -hmm. So making the effort to reach out to people who, who cannot get out or cannot have visitors can be really meaningful in this time or, or even the staff that's working there. Um, I, I've also found it really fun to connect with a few people overseas that I don't normally do. I was texting with Emily Satola yesterday or um, was able to connect with my sister um, in Lesotho, and they're all in the same boat that we are. So yeah, what a fun way to relate to them. Mm -hmm. I was so encouraged on Sunday to see how many people put on eboard, hey, I'm willing to run errands for you if you need somebody to do that. So little things like that can be helpful. I think, too, being faithful to continue to give to local and international ministries is really important. I think people are going to start feeling the crunch of how this might be affecting us financially. And if you are in a position to continue giving or maybe even giving more to ministries that are, you know, providing food for those who are most vulnerable or, you know, food banks or um, international ministries that are doing uh, healthcare work um, and just our local churches, you know, life is going to get back to normal someday. And, um, all those ministries need us to carry them through this time and be aware of like what ministries are out there working with vulnerable populations. Um, mm -hmm. And can I just add, even just having that 
spirit of generosity um, to those who need it. And then also, um, I had an experience this week where I was just paying for a meal and well I was going to pay for a meal I intended to and someone just paid for me and I didn't need that but wow I felt mm. like in the middle of feeling like things are really out of control or just wild and everybody is I think it just felt like everyone's looking out for themselves right now um someone I didn't right. know who I really just brushed past said they wanted to pay for my meal. And, um, that really actually just made prompted me to praise God mm -hmm. and just think I can have this impact on how many more people, if I'm looking outside of myself to do right. something so simple. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah Maybe in this, uh, moment of heightened anxiety where we all sort of clamp down on our resources because we don't know what's coming and what we need that generosity may be one of the the best non-anxious practices that we can uh, undertake during this time right and that what a what a witness that is of our faith in god that we are trusting him to provide and knowing that he has called to called us to love and serve those who are outside of our normal box of who we relate to. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I was really encouraged to, um, with the Satolas had sent out a, a letter this week, just that call to love your community by doing whatever, what you are, what we are being asked to do willingly and with joy. Um, I, I think Emily said she's invited to joyfully give up her rights to usual routines and privileges. And mm -hmm. I'm invited to not complain. And I think even just that attitude, carrying that attitude with you of not complaining, which is really hard to do sometimes, but choosing to not complain about the things that we can't do right now, because we're doing that for the good of those in our community who, who are the most vulnerable, and that is showing love. Hey, let me jump into the conversation here for a second. I want to ask a question, because Jen, one of the things you said was about how having more time uh, and being able to take advantage of the extra time. And I think what uh, we're discovering in our house, at least three days into this, is that it feels like we have no time. Suddenly we've gone from parenting and working and teaching as three different things, and now they're all happening at the same time. Even as I'm in this conversation, I'm folding laundry and managing my daughter working on schoolwork in the other rooms. So. Uh, for those of us who feel like all of a sudden our worlds have collided, mm -hmm. um, how do we slow down even in what feels like a much more ramped up, uh, scattered pace? Oh, that's a great question, Joey. Um, it's interesting that you, you feel like that because I, I feel like as a stay-at-home mom, <laughs> this is like my world most of the time. Um, so yeah. I, I, I do think like some of that is making sure to carve out spaces for everyone to be alone a little bit, you know, spaces for you to practice the regular routines and rhythms, especially the spiritual ones that you normally do, making sure that you have time for, you know, whatever um, Bible study kind of time that you normally do. And, um, but then also recognizing that this integration of life is, is also a gift, you know, um, my kids were doing school this morning and we're all in this big room and I thought, I'm going to go and sit with them and do some of the work that I have to do. So that idea of kind of working together with our families 
in a way that we maybe haven't ever done before. Um, it, it was kind of fun for me. I'm usually, while I'm a stay-at-home mom, my kids go to school and then they come home and I'm full on. And so I'm not used to having to do my work with other people um, in terms of my thinking work. So creating some space mm -hmm. to do that together, I think can be really fun too. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll work on seeing this time as a gift <laughs> and see if that changes our perspective. Right? Thanks, Jen. I appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So Jen, showing love to um, the vulnerable, that is also um, our children right now. We know that um, the generation of children are more anxious than they've ever been. And this probably doesn't help, um, especially because as adults, we're trying to navigate what we're going to do and how we're looking out for, <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. And so how do we give um, that security to our children? And um, as a parent, how have you navigated the situation with your children? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so we've been talking a lot about this with our kids. Um, we like to have conversation about what's going on in the world. So I think this has been an ongoing conversation as things have progressed over the last few weeks. Um, I would say in general, at this point, my kids do not seem particularly anxious. Um, they're kind of like, yeah, we don't have to go to school and this is kind of fun. And um, But some of the things that we've done is the other day, I, I printed up like a little questionnaire for my kids of just, you know, how do you think we should structure our days and what can I do to be helpful to you and what can you do to be helpful to me? And, um, and even just on there asking them, what are you worried about? And keeping that dialogue open of, you know, are you feeling anxious today and what would that look like? Mm -hmm. I think for kids, it's important to work toward a routine as much as they are fighting me on that. <laughs> you know, can't we just wear pajamas today? Um, but, you know, working toward keeping a routine for them and acknowledging that maybe they don't seem anxious right now, but I have to keep reminding myself that that might come up again, you know, if the school is delayed further okay. or with the next event that gets canceled or um, with the next, you know, news story, who knows what might bring up um, anxiety or just, you know, the anxiety of being feeling like you're trapped at home, being mindful that that's going to come up and kids don't always show it in the way we expect, you know, so being gracious if they're responding in anger and thinking, okay, maybe there's something else going on here. Um, just trying to give them space to be feeling what they're feeling and, you know, not trying to worry them and say, oh, you must be anxious and push that on them, but just keeping that conversation open for them, I think, um, hopefully in the long run that will pay off. And then I think also just getting the kids outside is really important. It's mm -hmm. huge. It's a huge difference maker in how we're all feeling. So, um, I know I've been making sure my kids get out. I think that helps. Mm -hmm. And um, allowing them to be a part of the invitation to be generous and to serve others um, would also help to look outside yeah. of ourselves, right? Right. And even that is a process of like helping them to take ownership of that and feeling like, oh, maybe there is something I can do. You know, maybe I don't feel like writing that letter to grandpa today, but, you know, I can do that and that might encourage him. Or, um, yeah, maybe we can, you know, choose to share some of our resources with somebody else. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Um, well, Jen, I just want to wrap up by first saying thank you so much for preparing for this time, sharing your wisdom with us, and um, just want to end on this final idea of um, what Emily reminded you, what you were just mentioning about. We have an invitation. This is an invitation to do um, to be generous, to serve others, to spend more time with the Lord, to rest our bodies. It is a gift of time. Um, so what's your final thought you would like to leave people with, um, with this idea of hope or opportunity? Actually, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to read Psalm 46 as a closer. It's something I've been thinking a lot about. Um, because it brings us back to, at the end of the day, God is God. And all throughout history, life has changed in dramatic ways. And he has been present through it all. So if I could just read that to close, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. Um, and just close with that as a reminder that we can trust him. That'd be great. God is our refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come and see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Thank you, Jen. Um, Thank you. Thanks. You, I don't know if it was the Lord or you emphasizing be still, but that really, um, I just, I'm going to be taking that with me after our time together. So thank you so much. And I um, feel less anxious and <laughs> just talking to you as usual. So oh, glad to hear it. Thank you for sharing. Uh, you guys, if this podcast uh, was helpful to you, uh, we really encourage you to share this with others. And if you're able to leave a review for our podcast, it makes our content and our church more easy to find for other people who are looking. And Jen, thank you so much for letting us interview you and giving us your time. It's a gift. Well, thank you. It was great. Thank you.